I just want to say, Mike Broomhead, it's not, you know, we're not our, so in, in this business, we are not our own worst critic. It's usually the media and politicians who are our worst yeah. critics, right? Yeah. So I just want you to know you did a great job. Thank you. Uh, with the interview and the fact that you didn't get any criticism from media or, well, maybe a few politicians, <laughs> but I, I think that says a lot. So don't be your Thanks. own worst critic. I okay? appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a very interesting. This weekend, we we taped the interview on Saturday. It aired on Sunday, and it was uh, um, it was a great moment uh, to be able to be a part of it. I, I took a great sense of responsibility into asking questions on behalf of Arizona voters. I wanted to do it in a now on this show. I try to be fair, but I give my opinions on this show, and I right. talk about where I agree and disagree. But man, Jamie, it was it was really difficult at times. It's like a tightrope, it was. But but I didn't want to over be over dramatic about it. I didn't want to be any of the story at all. I wanted to ask good questions and. And hopefully her answers were the story. And I think it right. worked out that way. Yep. 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 All right. Well, thanks, Jamie. And uh, and welcome, everyone. We're going to get into some of this stuff right now, some of the things that were uh, talked about in that interview. Uh, just to kind of give you some behind-the-curtain stuff that happened during the interview, it was an interesting situation uh, leading up to it. And I understood the criticism. I didn't blame people for questioning. Um, I absolutely understood why people would be concerned that a conservative host who has said in the past that they are friends with one of the candidates would be doing the Q&A on behalf of Arizona voters. Clean Election said they had faith in me. They said they had seen our Before You Vote segments with Katie Hobbs in the past and believed that I would be fair. And I tried to be... I think I was. Um, I don't know that I would give myself an A-plus grade on the whole thing, but I was happy with the outcome. The team of people over at AZTV7, Brian Sizik, and everyone else that worked so hard on this show um, – I think they really did a good job to pull this off for the voters of Arizona. In the end, I promise you, it wasn't – I didn't feel like I wanted it to be about me. I didn't have anything to prove. I wanted the voters in Arizona to get information, and hopefully that's what happened. Had a nice, fun little moment with uh, Bram Resnick over at, at Channel 12, and uh, it was it was nice. I mean people were, were – I wouldn't they – they didn't want to talk about me, which was good. And that was the whole point. And and so in that regard, I think we were successful. I was able to ask fair questions. So let's get into some of those questions. First thing we talked about was voter integrity, and uh, we talked about – uh, election integrity and election denial were the first two things we talked about, and I, this is how it started off. This is what uh, Carrie Lake said about that topic. That's a top issue for Arizonans. They don't like how the elections have been run. They don't feel that their vote truly counted. They know that when when they see the mailbox with five ballots and there's only one voter at their home, that gives them pause and makes them realize that there's a lot of ballots floating around out there that shouldn't be out there. So we're going to work to improve the voting system, clean up the voter rolls, make sure that we don't have mail-in ballots floating around in homes where there's only one voter and they're receiving five mail-in ballots, and make sure that when our votes are counted, they're counted properly in a very transparent way where we trust the system of voting. And so, I, you know, I don't, as most people understand, that I was kind of went against the voices or in within my political party that uh, that did the audit. I don't believe that the 2020 election was stolen. I, I've, I've been very clear about that. But I also believe that an audit was necessary because I think that there were people, there have been people, and I think it was a very wise move from the late campaign to point out the election denial going all the way back to 2000 uh, from people on the left. Hillary Clinton has been a frequent election denial. They said, you know, they talked about George W. Bush not winning the, the 2000 election because his brother was governor of Florida and the hanging chads. They said that, that, that he didn't win that. 
Um, she called uh, Donald Trump an illegitimate president. I thought those were smart things to bring out, that this has been a topic on both sides of the aisle, not to focus just on one. I thought that was a smart thing to do. But the questions about whether or not we need to get rid of tabulation machines and go strictly to a hand count, the question of whether or not uh, we were going to uh, end early voting. Those were very important issues. So in discussing that, this is she wants to make sure people's um, votes are counted legally. We want every voter, whether they're Democrat, independent or Republican, to go to bed on election night and know that their one legal vote counted and know that whatever the result is, whether their guy won or their guy lost, that they can live with the results because they know that our election system is fair, honest, and transparent. So I asked her. I was. I wanted to get a little specific because this has been a big topic. We went through a list of questions. We were sent questions from um, from the people over at uh, Clean Elections, but they were voter questions. These were questions that were sent to them by voters in Arizona. We went through pages of questions, and overwhelmingly, the number one question being asked. Now that doesn't mean it's number one in everybody's minds, but in the Clean Elections, because it was elections, was about voter integrity and voter uh, voter fraud and whether or not um, we we have fair elections. So I wanted to get specific because there have been people out there saying that we should get rid of the tabulation machines, that we should only count by hand, and that we should get rid of mail-in voting. And so I asked her about that topic. I want to make sure that the machines are counting fairly, and we've had major problems with the electronic voting machines. It's, it's documented. And it's not just me saying this. Back in 2017, if you look on the internet, you can find probably 20 minutes of Democrats from Hillary Clinton Clinton to Amy Klobuchar to uh, Vice President Kamala Harris saying that these voting machines, the electronic voting machines that tabulate our sacred vote are easily compromised, not fair, easily hacked. So I asked her, why would anybody vote? Why should anyone vote? Why would can she trust if in the end, let's say on the when they finally count the ballots, if it says that Carrie Lake is the winner, why should she trust that she really won if people can cheat? And it was an interesting answer to follow up. You know, I'd be happy if they wanted to do a hand count of the election. If if I win and they say, wait a minute, we want to do a hand count. I'm all for it. I want more transparency, folks. I'm all for it. So she said that, you know, if I win the election, if it's declared that I've won the election, but people don't trust it, if they want to hand count, I'm all for it. I want more transparency. So we got off that topic. Uh, I'm jumping around a little bit. We went from there to the economy and then to um, immigration and then on to education. And we did, weren't able to get to water and a couple of other issues because we only had about 28 and a half minutes in order to get this done. And um so we, I want you to hear a little bit about immigration because the issue of immigration is such a big one here in Arizona. And uh, Carrie Lake has said that as governor, day one, she will declare an invasion at the southern border and basically militarize the border. So um, uh, asking her about this, uh, about that was interesting. Um, and she said, yes, I have the legal authority to do that. Uh, but I also asked her. About um, about people that were being bused to other cities. And here's what she said. I'm not in support of continuing to traffic people. I, I you know, it was a great photo op. I got a kick out of watching Martha's Vineyard lose their mind over 50 people sh- illegally here showing up. I'm enjoying watching the, uh, you know, terrible mayor of New York City melt down because busloads of people here illegally have shown up. But that doesn't solve the problem. I'd rather see people bust and sent back across the border. We cannot accept the world's poor. 
a little bit later on where I'm going to try to get some more of these answers. I want you to hear a clip that I thought was significant because I asked her about the implications financially because there have been in the past. If you remember going back, it's one of the places in the, when I watched it, I kind of cringed when I was speaking because I talked about the times that there have been boycotts over SB 1070, which was an immigration law, and about the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. But I said Martin Luther King Jr. law, but it was the holiday when Arizona did not enact one, did not vote for one in the legislature. The Super Bowl pulled out of Arizona over that. We lost the Super Bowl for a time. But the good thing about that was it showed who the people in Arizona really are because given the opportunity, I think we were the first state in the nation that when it came time to voting in by voters, by the people of Arizona, the people of Arizona enacted and voted in favor of a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So that was the the bright side of that. But we did have a Super Bowl pullout. I asked her about the significance of that, and she gave a very clear, concise answer, which we're going to get to a little bit later in the show about her, her defense of why she she would do what she would do. Um, but it is interesting that she did not want to – she didn't say she wants to continue to bus people to Sanctuary City. She called it a photo op. She said she doesn't want to traffic in people, that what she wants to do is bus people. People should be bused back across the border, back to their home countries. You know, And we're going to get into that topic a little bit later on, specifically on immigration this morning because it's such a big topic. Record numbers of people being uh, encountered at the border, arrested at the border, record numbers of gotaways, record numbers of people that were on the terror watch list that have been caught at the border. So this has been a very significant increase. I think they said it's four times the last year, four times the number of people caught at the border, four times more than the previous five years combined. That's how bad it's gotten at the border. So it is something that we have to to keep an eye on. It is something that we want to watch. Uh, It's important for all of us, I believe. So throughout the day, we're going to do a little bit more of this with uh, with the conversation with Carrie Lake, um, and uh, it was an interesting time to say the least. I, I, I enjoyed the conversation. I was honored by the opportunity, and we'll talk more about it as the morning goes on. Coming up in a moment, Stephen Richer, the county recorder, is going to join me. We're going to talk about voter intimidation at ballot drop boxes and the counting, the beginning of the count of uh, mail-in ballots. All that's coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. What could be better than a Metallica Monday? Well, it's Stephen Richer Monday. We bring in the county recorder, Stephen Richer. Welcome back to the show, Stephen. Well, that's the first time I've been compared with Metallica. I don't know if my personality really suggests Metallica. I'm more of a Taylor Swift person. Are you really? Shake it off. Come on, Stephen. Let's get some Metallica going here. Um, all right, let's. We, um, we have. Some, yeah, they, they have ahead. been hating, hating, hating for sure. Yep. So I do have to shake it off. Let's uh, let's do. Let's talk about a couple of serious issues. Let's first start with early ballots. Let's talk about the counting of early ballots begins today. Correct. Correct. We So we have been processing early ballots, meaning we've been taking them in. We've been scanning that barcode to make sure only one vote is associated with the profile. We've been verifying your signature. We've been sending them to the bipartisan ballot processing teams to remove them from the envelope. But today we're going to begin the actual tabulation process. So we don't print any results until 8 p.m. on election night, but we can begin tabulating to have them ready. How many uh, votes, how many ballots as of today are prepared to be counted? 
I think in we Maricopa have about 200,000 okay. in Maricopa County. All right, let's talk about the early ballots in a different way. Uh, we know about the controversy about the drop-off locations where there have been accusations of voter intimidation, tactical gear being worn by some people. How serious is this getting? It's tense, you know, and I just worry that behavior such as this is so counterproductive and is just really meant to further stoke some passions that we know are high because we have an important race going on with lots of weighty issues and weighty races going on and it's just so counterproductive and we have we have live streaming videos on these two outdoor drop boxes so I just wish people would watch from the comfort of their home or if they want to get involved there's much more productive ways to get involved whether it's being an observer for the political party or whether it's working elections themselves or whether it's just having a phone call with me because I'll walk you through the whole process if you have uh, apprehensions about it. So then how how can we as how can you any or some of the authorities how can you diffuse this situation on both sides because voters are upset they're being uh, videotaped or photographed and followed. They're saying people are wearing tactical gear and then the people on the other side say they're just trying to protect the vote and now they're getting riled up because people are accusing them of being intimidators. How do we dispel this? Well, I would say the tactical year needs to go because I don't see what valid purpose that serves. But I had looked to our leaders, and I was very pleased that Kelly Townsend, who's a, a state representative or state senator, said today that that's, that's inappropriate. And she's somebody that I think is trusted by groups such as these. And, you know, just let's have a conversation. If you have, you know, like you said, in, insecurities about the, the process, questions about the process, there are more fruitful ways to get answers than to show up uh, um, in militant gear. Um, and, and, and by the way, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't it true that the senator was also someone that was a big proponent of the audit at the time. She was. And I think that she's somebody who would probably say we could, should continue to be vigilant. But this crosses a line. This is inappropriate. And there are ways to get answers. There are ways to observe the process that don't involve such blatant uh, attempts at, you know, upping the ante. Have you had conversations with the the sheriff or the sheriff's department on this? Oh, absolutely. They've been so vigilant and they've been so on top of this. And they had people that were out there on Friday night and the sheriff was down at our central facility again, walking around on Friday, making sure that everyone is secure, making sure that the workers there understand that it's a high priority of the sheriff's office. So law enforcement just, as I routinely say, they jump into situations that uh, most Arizonans don't wouldn't want to jump into it, and they do it uh, with, with with gusto. Maricopa County Recorder Stephen Richer is joining us. What do people need to know about voting now from be, now between now and Election Day, whether it's early ballots or it's in person voting on Election Day? If you received an early ballot, there's still plenty of time to get it back. You can still mail it back. The last day we recommend to mail back is November 1st. That gives it a whole week to get back to us by November 8th. Or you can drop it off at any voting location, or you can drop it off at one of those two outdoor drop boxes. They are uh, under video surveillance, as mentioned, and they do still go through the same early ballot checks and chain of custody that uh, dropping it off at the USPS would. Or you can show up to a, a early voting location. We have 
12 open right now, and we're opening 44 more this week. You can go to locations.maricopa.boat, locations.maricopa.boat, to find one that is close to you. And you can also see the wait times on those. Or you can get ready for November 8th, Tuesday, Election Day, and uh, participate that way. Yeah, that's my last question is about lines, because I'm one of the people that likes to go to the polls on Election Day. What kind of lines are you – what kind of turnout are you expecting overall, and do you expect there to be lines on Election Day? We're expecting pretty high turnout. We had high turnout for the August primary as compared with past midterm uh, primaries. And so we expect it to be around 1.6 million participants in Maricopa County. We'll see by the end of this week if we are experiencing a significant shift towards later in the voting process. But we don't have a great sense of that yet. All, we are going to have the most voting locations open that Maricopa has ever had, 223 voting locations. You can go to any single one of these. As mentioned, you can go online to that website and you can check the voting times such that if there's a location that's you know just five minutes in a different direction that has a, a shorter waiting period, you can go to that one. All right. I know I said last question, but it reminded me of another one then. Um, now, since we're going to have such a big turnout, do you have the people to count the votes? What are the expectations? What are your expectations to get this vote counted in Maricopa County so results can get into the hands of the people? Staffing is going great. We're about 85% staffed, and the positions that we still have to staff are those one- and two-day voting locations, the locations that we open just at the very end. So we're feeling very good about staffing. Um, we're going to do everything possible to, to get the results in the hands of Arizonans as quickly as possible, just as we did for the August primary. On Tuesday election night, we will be able to load the results of all early ballots that we have received by Saturday before Tuesday election day. And then throughout the evening, we will load all of the votes that were cast in person on Election Day. The only votes that will not be available by late Tuesday night will be those early ballot drop-offs that were dropped off either on Election Day or on Monday before Tuesday Election Day. So if you want your vote to be part of those Tuesday night results, every vote is counted. But if you want it to be part of those Tuesday night results that are released right on time, then please get it back to us sooner rather than later. As always, Stephen, appreciate the time. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. All right, that's Stephen Richard, our county recorder. Uh, important dates and times uh, about the about the election. We'll talk more about this as the morning goes on. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's our Big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Got bad news for you. Okay. Halloween's canceled. Oh, good. Well, that's not bad news for me. Why is that not bad news for I'm you? Because I, I I'm not a hater, but I'm not a Halloween guy. How could you not like Halloween? The scary movies, the kids are in costume, you're handed candy out, you're eating candy. How do you hate Halloween? There's nothing scaring me about Halloween. If I want to be scared, I go to 27th Avenue in Indian School and take my life into my own hands. Oh, I mean, that is just, true. That you know? is, that's, that's, well, here's my poll question. All right. There's a new poll out, and it says a staggering 52% of people won't be handing out Halloween candy because of inflation. Right. Are you skipping Halloween this year because of inflation? No. Uh you know, candy is it's gotten expensive. It's like forty percent. Some candies forty percent higher than last year. Here's what I do. Uh, right. here, I, I take a big bowl. Okay. Put all the candy in a big bowl. Yeah. Put it in a chair outside my front door. Oh gosh. And tell everybody it's the honor system. And oh. then I watch on my ring doorbell as one kid dumps the whole bowl oh. in his bag and walks away. How terrible! I know. Why I'm, don't you just hand apples out? Then people will really hate you. <laughs> 
carrots. Yeah. Little little bags of carrots. Little bags of carrots. You know, it's a lot healthier. Huh. You know, like, you don't you don't put a scary mask on no, and and like no. answer the door. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't at all. Man, oh man! I remember See, I when think- I was a kid. When I was a kid, maybe it happened yeah. to you too. When I was a kid, we had a neighbor that would tape like five pennies together, uh, and you, you could go buy your own piece of nickel candy. That's just ugh. that's garbage. It is garbage. See, but I don't think I'd like. If I was a kid, I wouldn't want to come to your house. You got a big dog. I do, and he. Yeah. I have a and I have a big three panel window, like Florida big, you know, you know, panel doors. Yeah, and he is no. big enough now. When he when people come near the house, oh, no. he barks and he jumps and leaves nose prints at the top of the glass. Because oh, your dog's about three hundred fifty pounds. Now he's a little over. He's over a hundred pounds. Okay. He's like a hundred and ten pound Rottweiler. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh geez, no. Mm-hmm. You know you could scare scare kids just with the dog. I could, but I don't want to. Do, I don't want to do, do that. No. 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 Okay. But it is kind of fun watching delivery people walk up to the house. That is pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Boy, I bet you they fill their shorts when they see that dog. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he barks and I think somebody's in the house. That's how. And he's not a vicious dog. He's the biggest baby on the planet, but he's got this vicious bark. Oh, and it makes yeah. me laugh because he's, oh. there's nothing about him that's, that's scary. You're completely protected. Yes, I am. No one's coming near your house. Dang right. Dang right, man. Thanks, Gatos. See you, buddy. The Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, we are going to talk about the border. Are the shipping crates going to stay? That's coming up.